0: You're listening to Come Follow Me Weekly, a weekly podcast with thoughts and insights for the Come Follow Me lessons of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I'm your host, Heather Weber. Thanks for being here with me this week. The title of this week's lesson is The Rock of Our Redeemer, and it covers Helaman chapters 1-6. through I'm recording really early today. My family's headed out of town. We are going to spend a few days in the woods, our kids leave for Provo next week, so we thought we'd take a little family vacation before they go, and I'm both happy and sad. I'm happy for them, sad for me. This past five months has been amazing, and it's going to be really different not having our whole family here together, but it'll be good. It's time for my older kids to go back to their lives, and I'm just really excited for the fall. I think we have a lot of good things to look forward to. I feel like life is going to get better. Eventually, it will. <laughs> and we're all going to be okay and make it through this. The opening paragraph of this lesson says, The book of Helaman records both triumphs and tragedies among the Nephites and Lamanites. It begins with a serious difficulty among the people of the Nephites, and the difficulties keep coming throughout the record. Here we read about political intrigue, bands of robbers, rejection of the prophets, and pride and disbelief throughout the land. But we also find examples like Nephi and Lehi, The more humble part of the people who not only survived but thrived spiritually. How did they do it? How did they stay strong while their civilization began to decline and fall apart? The same way any of us stay strong in the mighty storm the devil sends to beat upon us, by building our lives upon the rock of our Redeemer, who is Christ, the Son of God, a foundation whereon if men build they cannot fall. I felt like there were just a ton of different stories in the reading this week. It seemed like with each chapter, we were totally changing gears with what was happening. So as I went through these chapters this week, I just kind of highlighted some of the things that stood out to me, and you might read it and get something totally different, and that's why the Holy Ghost is awesome, because when we put forth effort to read and study these things, he brings to our attention the things that we personally need to hear. So as I usually do, I'm just going to try to follow along with the subjects in the lesson, but I think for each individual person studying this this week... And with so much going on in these scriptures, there's a lot to learn that the lesson doesn't even touch on. And I think these chapters are important, too, because I feel like they set up a lot of the events that start to turn the tide for the different groups that we've been talking about. We're introduced to Kishkumen and Gadianton, who becomes the leader of the secret band of robbers that runs around in secret (laughs) trying to kill political leaders and just generally causing problems. And those problems don't ever really go away. The first section of the lesson talks about the pride cycle. For some reason, we as people, when we start being righteous and we're doing well, then the Lord blesses us and things go good in our lives. And sometimes we tend to get a little bit lazy in our commitment to our savior and his gospel. And then we might get a little prideful, thinking that we're pretty awesome because things are going so well. We might commit some sin. And then this leads to our lives having some struggles. And then when things get really hard, hopefully we wise up and decide that we need some help. So we become more humble and choose to repent and ask our Heavenly Father to help us out. And of course he does because he's awesome. And as we are more righteous and we're blessed and our life gets easier again, sometimes that cycle tends to repeat itself. And we see the pride cycle throughout the Book of Mormon. But these chapters, I think, are especially clear about how it can happen. And they help us think about how we can try to avoid this cycle in our own lives. After the Nephites had been through so many wars and problems, in the 49th year of the reign of the judges, they finally had some peace. In chapter 3, verses 24 through 26, it says, And it came to pass that in this same year there was exceedingly great prosperity in the church, insomuch that there were thousands who did join themselves unto the church and were baptized unto repentance. And so great was the prosperity of the Church, and so many the blessings which were poured out upon the people, that even the high priests and the teachers were themselves astonished beyond measure. And it came to pass that the work of the Lord did prosper unto the baptizing and uniting to the Church of God many souls, yea even tens of thousands. So after all of the hard times that these people had been through, the Church was finally prospering, so much so that it says the Church leaders were astonished at the blessings that they were receiving. And, you know, I've kind of seen this pattern in my life, too, where if I'm going through a really hard time, I have hope because I know that if I just hang on and keep doing what's right, eventually that hard time will end and I'll have some really good times. And then when things in my life seem to be just perfect and happy, I tend to get a little nervous because I sometimes start feeling like something hard is just around the corner. And life just seems to go like that. I think it's full of highs and lows, and hopefully through all of those experiences, we are growing into the person that our Heavenly Father needs us to become. He knows what we need when we need it, and we just need to remember that and remember Him through the bad times and through the good times. In verse 33, it says, And in the fifty and first year of the reign of the judges, there was also peace save it were the pride which began to enter into the church, not into the church of God, but into the hearts of the people who profess to belong to the church of God. I love how it says that the pride wasn't in the church, but it was in the people of the church. We have to remember that the gospel of Jesus Christ is perfect, but the people in the church are not. And that's a very important distinction, because sometimes as people— We're just dumb. We make mistakes, and we sometimes do and say things that are really wrong. But we have to remember that other people's words or opinions have no bearing on the love of our Savior for us, or of the effect of His atonement in our lives, or of our individual worth in the eyes of our Heavenly Father. It goes on to say, Now this was a great evil, which did cause the more humble part of the people to suffer great persecutions, and to wade through much affliction. So these people who were being treated badly had a choice. They could choose to become offended and leave the church. But here's what they chose to do instead. In verse 35 it says, Nevertheless they did fast and pray oft, and did wax stronger and stronger in their humility, and firmer and firmer in the faith of Christ, unto the filling their souls with joy and consolation, yea, even to the purifying and the sanctification of their hearts, which sanctification cometh because of their yielding their hearts unto God. These people chose to ignore Satan and to stick with what they knew was right, and their lives were better for it. The world wants to tell us that when we feel slighted, we need to fight back. We need to be loud and aggressive and make our voices heard no matter what the cost. But this scripture tells us right here that the more humble these people became, the more committed to Christ they were, and their souls were filled with joy. And that seems counterintuitive because it's the exact opposite of what the world teaches and of what our natural man wants us to do. But it's true and it works. Joy is so much better than anger and hate, and it's our choice. President Uchtdorf said, Pride is a deadly cancer. It is a gateway sin that leads to a host of other human weaknesses. In fact, it could be said that every other sin is, in essence, a manifestation of pride. This sin has many faces. It leads some to revel in their own perceived self-worth, accomplishments talents wealth or position they count these blessings as evidence of being chosen superior or more righteous than others this is the sin of thank god i am more special than you at its core is the desire to be admired or envied it is the sin of self-glorification for others pride turns to envy They look bitterly at those who have better positions, more talents, or greater possessions than they do. They seek to hurt, diminish, and tear down others in a misguided and unworthy attempt at self-elevation. When those they envy stumble or suffer, they secretly cheer. He also said, When our hearts are filled with pride, we commit a grave sin, for we violate the two great commandments. Instead of worshiping God and loving our neighbor, we reveal the real object of our worship and love—the image we see in the mirror. And I think it's up to each one of us to evaluate our own selves and maybe talk with our Heavenly Father about where we're at and how we can do better. In chapter 5, we read about two brothers named Nephi and Lehi. Nephi was the chief judge, and this Nephi was the son of Helaman, who was the son of Helaman, who was the son of Alma the Younger. Nephi decided to turn the judgment seat over to a man named Sezoram because the people were just becoming more and more wicked, and Nephi had had enough. (laughs) And he thought that he might have more success if he focused his efforts on preaching the gospel. So he and his brother Lehi left, and they went to different cities of the Nephites and the Lamanites, teaching anyone who would listen. They were inspired by the words of their father Helaman. And I love what he says in verse 12. He says, And now, my sons, remember, remember, that it is upon the rock of our Redeemer, who is Christ, the Son of God, that ye must build your foundation, that when the devil shall send forth his mighty winds, yea, his shafts in the whirlwind, yea, when all his hail and his mighty storm shall beat upon you, it shall have no power over you to drag you down to the gulf of misery and endless woe, because of the rock upon which ye are built, which is a sure foundation, a foundation whereon if men build, they cannot fall. And we see evidence of these promises as their story goes on. At one point, Nephi and Lehi were captured and thrown in prison by the Lamanites. And they had sat in prison for many days with no food. And eventually the Lamanites came to take them out of the prison to kill them. And then a miraculous thing happened. Suddenly, Nephi and Lehi were surrounded by fire. And when they realized that they were in the middle of the fire and they weren't getting burned, they knew that it was the power of God that was allowing this to happen. And they told the people that they didn't need to be afraid and that they were seeing evidence of the power of God. The walls of the prison shook and the people were overshadowed with a cloud of darkness and they started to become very afraid. But then starting in verse 29, here's what happened. And it came to pass that there came a voice as if it were above the cloud of darkness, saying, Repent ye, repent ye, and seek no more to destroy my servants, whom I have sent unto you to declare good tidings. And it came to pass when they heard this voice, and beheld that it was not a voice of thunder, neither was it a voice of great tumultuous noise, but, behold, it was a still voice of perfect mildness, as if it had been a whisper, and it did pierce even to the very soul. And notwithstanding the mildness of the voice, behold, the earth shook exceedingly, and the walls of the prison trembled again, as if it were about to tumble to the earth. And, behold, the cloud of darkness, which had overshadowed them, did not disperse. And behold, the voice came again, saying, Repent ye, repent ye, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, and seek no more to destroy my servants. And it came to pass that the earth shook again, and the walls trembled. Then they heard the voice a third time, and the people who were witnessing this were so amazed and afraid that they couldn't even move. But there was one man named Amminadab, who used to be a Nephite, who was able to turn around and see Nephi and Lehi standing in the middle of the pillar of fire. And he told everyone else to turn and look. And it says that the Lord gave them power so that they could turn and look. And they asked Amminadab what they could do to get the cloud of darkness to leave. And Amminadab told them that they needed to repent and cry unto the voice, even until ye shall have faith in Christ, who was taught unto you by Alma and Amulek and Zeezrom. And when ye shall do this, the cloud of darkness shall be removed from overshadowing you. And that's exactly what they did. And the cloud of darkness went away. At this point, they were all surrounded by a pillar of fire. And starting in verse 46, it says this, And it came to pass that there came a voice unto them, yea, a pleasant voice, as if it were a whisper, saying, Peace, peace be unto you, because of your faith in my well-beloved, who was from the foundation of the world. And now, when they heard this, they cast up their eyes as if to behold from whence the voice came. And behold, they saw the heavens open, and angels came down out of heaven and ministered unto them. And there were about three hundred souls who saw and heard these things, and they were bidden to go forth and marvel not, neither should they doubt. And it came to pass that they did go forth, and did minister unto the people, declaring throughout all the regions round about all the things which they had heard and seen, insomuch that the more part of the Lamanites were convinced of them, because of the greatness of the evidences which they had received. Okay, this is a pretty crazy story and a pretty crazy thing that happened. It was a very obvious and intense display of God's power. So why did this have to happen in that way? In verse 51 it says, And as many as were convinced did lay down their weapons of war, and also their hatred and the tradition of their fathers. So because of the intensity of this experience and the evidences that they had received, these people were able to change in their hearts and turn away from the things that they had been taught for generations— It was their way of life to hate and kill the Nephites, and I think the Lord knew that the Lamanites needed something this amazing and obvious to help them to change. He knows us, and He knows what we need. We probably don't need pillars of fire and angels to come down to minister to us, but what evidences of God's love and power do we receive? I think there are so many things that can convince us of the truthfulness of the gospel and where we can see God's power in our own lives. I think if you just look at how the church has changed in the past couple of years, when this pandemic hit, the church just literally kept on rolling. We had this Come Follow Me program that made it extremely easy for us to transition to home-based gospel study. All of the youth programs had become more home-based. Most of the extra programs that the church had had been discontinued or streamlined. And it was like the Lord just knew exactly what was going to happen. (laughs) Amazing how that works. In my own family, I look at how things have worked out so well for each one of us over this past five months, when in the middle of March, we were feeling pretty fearful of the future. None of my older children had jobs, and even the future of my husband's job was pretty questionable. And as I look at my life now, and all of the blessings and evidences that I have received, and great things that have happened, I will be forever grateful for this experience and how it's helped our family to grow. It's been extremely hard and there have been a lot of days where I felt like I just couldn't do it anymore. But in working through those things and those feelings, I'm so much better off as a person and I've grown in ways that I didn't even know I needed to. Elder Uchtdorf told us to doubt your doubts before you doubt your faith. It wasn't the fact that the Lamanites had that miraculous experience that made them change. They chose to take those feelings that they had and do something with them. Instead of just going home and forgetting about it, They went out and told other people what had happened and testified to them of the things that they saw and felt, which helped to strengthen their own faith as they tried to strengthen others. Elder Holland said, In moments of fear or doubt or troubling times, hold the ground you have already won, even if that ground is limited. When those moments come and issues surface, the resolution of which is not immediately forthcoming, hold fast to what you already know and stand strong until additional knowledge comes. He went on to say, What was once a tiny seed of belief for me has grown into the tree of life, so if your faith is a little tested in this or any season, I invite you to lean on mine. I know this work is God's very truth, and I know that only at our peril would we allow doubt or devils to sway us from its path. Hope on. Journey on. Honestly acknowledge your questions and your concerns, but first and forever fan the flame of your faith, because all things are possible to them that believe. If you are a person who has doubts about our Heavenly Father's love for you, just get on your knees and talk to Him. He loves you and He will listen. If the Lamanites can change generations of traditions and hatred and become followers of Christ, we can certainly change the things in our lives that we need to change. And no matter who we are or where we're at, our Savior is right there with open arms ready to help us change. And those are my thoughts for this week's lesson. I want to thank you so much for taking the time to listen. I really do appreciate it. Don't forget that you can find me on Instagram at Come Follow Me Weekly, or you can email me at cfmweekly at gmail.com.